0: Give me a second. Okay, all right, it's back. Okay, shows me on. Wow, it's gonna be one of those nights. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Um, I was having trouble uh, doing stuff on the internet just before I got in here to shoot the intro and everything. You know, the normal intro for the show. And uh, I go to my, I decided to reset my router because everything was going you know, was slowing down and I was dropping off. And I got a message. Hang on, I got a message. Guess I'm ready to go i got a guest going and i got a message that my la- that my uh internet was down and it's down in my name it's down for about five thousand people so i was debating i still have it on my technically it's showing up on my on my laptop but you know it's we one of those in and out nights which would really suck like we get so i decided to do it on my iphone so we're doing it straight from the iphone tonight so i don't have all the goodies that i normally have like the intro and that so this is where we're at and uh you guys should be able to hear me pretty good. Uh, they've got a nice headset that I took with me to Disneyland. So all this stuff is like Disneyland stuff. I'm either, including the light over off the left. So I've got extra light in here, too. we got a great show tonight. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of a California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 35, 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means if you have a paranormal, paranormal problem, we can get to you. It might take us a while because California is a big state, but we can get to you, and if it does take us a while, we usually have psychics on staff who can call you and talk to you about what's going on in your home or wherever. And they can talk to you about that, and sometimes they can simmer it down before we get out there and calm things down for you. So, yeah, so we still can get to you. And the neat thing about that, too, is we're easy to find. We're all over Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on TikTok. And if you want to find us on any of those pages, look up California Haunts on Facebook. Look up California Haunts Radio on YouTube. Look up Cal Haunts on uh, TikTok. No, I'm sorry. Cal Haunts on Twitter. TikTok, for California Haunts. Instagram, I'm ghostygal, all lowercase. You can find us all there. And Twitch, I believe we're also Cal Haunts. Anyway, if you're watching tonight and you like what you see and hear, please let me know by giving me a thumbs up or some hearts or something like that just to let me know that you're, you're watching and that you've enjoyed it. And what that does is that, is that puts us higher in the algorithm because there is an algorithm even for Facebook and YouTube. And we like to be up a little higher in the algorithm. So if you can help me out with that, I appreciate it. Just like if you like what you see tonight and you haven't done so already, please feel free to follow if you're, if you're watching from Facebook, or if you're watching on YouTube, please feel free to, um, Please feel free to subscribe. We've got over 582 videos over there, and there's there's all kinds of topics in there. I'm a journalist. I hate sticking to one topic, so um, yeah, there's just different stuff, and I'm sure you'll find something. The other thing is, is I'm starting to take all these topics that I have, and I'm putting them, you know, in order and category and stuff, and that way you can find things easier that interest you. Okay, tonight's guest. Um, I hope I say her name right because you guys know how I am about names. Mary Kuchia. C-U-C-C-I-A, and she's got an interesting story to tell. She was abducted by aliens, I believe, in 1992, and she's kind of built, in a way, built her life around that that experience, but I think she should tell her story, so I'm going to bring her in right now and get this show on the road, okay? Also, before I do that, you see that thing running at the bottom. That's because California Haunts Radio is technically a nonprofit, so it's California Haunts, so any money we get in goes towards equipment and stuff. And what I'm going through right now is I have a laptop that has very little hard drive space. So I'm thinking about either get, you know, replacing the hard drive in the laptop or getting a backup. And the backup runs about 120 for it to, to get the size that I like. So if you guys could help me out with that, that would be great. You can do that at PayPal.com at cal- forward slash California Haunts. Or you could do that at Venmo and just type in California Haunts. I really appreciate it. Every little bit helps. And thank you to the people that have already donated. I appreciate it. Okay, let me bring Maria in. Okay, let me do this again. There we go. Add the stream, okay. There you are. Why? Yeah, I had internet issues, so I had to switch to my phone.
1: (laughs) No problem.
0: (laughs) So tell me about you.
1: It's, It's so nice to meet you. You know, yes, this is
0: great. Yeah.
1: A beautiful email. It was just very interesting.
0: You you've led a very interesting life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um so have you though. You've lived a very interesting life. Let's hear about your
1: life. Let's hear about my life. I think, you know, as per your email, you, you heard my story about um an experience I had in '92. Like you said, I was 32 years old. I was married at the time and I had one infant daughter and I um, uh, actually in 92, I had my three daughters already. But what happened was that night I woke up at three o'clock a.m. And I just I I just felt this energy like racing through my body. And and I just looked over at the clock and it was around three a.m., And next thing I remember is like, I felt like I was just being lifted so quickly out of my bed. It just, it was intense. And the next thing I remembered was just standing on what looked like a a ship, an aircraft, you know, and uh, there were beings around me. There were about, I I think there were about three beings from what I remember. And they were wearing long white robes and they had hoods. So I didn't really see their faces, but I did see a lot of light around them. So, you know, people say aliens, they talk about all different breeds and all of this. Back then, there was not much information out. That's what I recall consciously. I didn't really see their faces, but they were telling me to look out a window. There was a large glass window, and I looked out. And I saw a big group of children, so many children. And one child was actually instructed to turn and look at me and we gazed eyes. I just, I I saw him, he looked Uh at me, our eyes met and I just had this warm feeling throughout my entire body. And I said, is this my son? I just turned and said, Is this my son? And and I heard in my mind, this is your son. His name is Elijah. I was told his name. And I, you know, there was just some, I don't really remember what I was saying after that, but I do remember them saying, It's time for you to go back now. That's what's conscious in my mind. It's time for you to go back. And when we return you. We want you to look up the meaning of his name. And the next thing I remember is I, shoo, I was just like flying this electricity again. I was going down. And then I just bam sat up in bed. I felt this pounding in my chest. And I was sh- I just sat in bed saying, what the heck just happened? And I heard a voice. It was like in my head, look up the meaning of his name. Look up Elijah. It was so intense. I got out of bed. I went into the room where I had a bookshelf and I searched and I knew I had a book of names from when mm-hmm. my children were babies. And I looked up Elijah and I read, the Lord is my savior. And I literally just sat on the floor and cried. I, I said, "What?" I didn't know what was happening. So the next day I of course, I was telling my husband at the time and I, I said that something really weird happened to me. You know, I and I told him the story. And of course he just kept saying it was a dream. It was a dream. Get over it. Get over it. But I knew it wasn't a dream. And what happened was I thought about it a lot. And I remembered that about eight years prior, I was three months pregnant. And I had gone to the doctor. That's when I had an infant at the time. So, uh-huh. so you know, I was much younger than I think I was 20, 24 years old. And um, I wanted, you know, I was pregnant and went to the doctor. Uh-huh. And we saw on the sonogram, saw the heartbeat, you know, heard the heartbeat. Doctor said, wow, you know, very strong heartbeat. You look great. And, you know, that was it. I went home. Everything was fine until the next day. Next day, I woke up. I had excruciating pain. I just was screaming with pain. And I tried to, you know, just walk across the room. And I literally fell to the floor. I was screaming. And I screamed for my husband. I, I said, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And he, uh, you know, I, he tried to help me up and I screamed even louder. I said, get an ambulance right now. So he called an ambulance, the ambulance came, they put me in, you know, and um, I was screaming and screaming and they were trying to get me to calm down and this and that. And all I remember is I feel, I think I, I passed out. I passed out from the pain and I remember just suddenly, just like waking up and not even realizing where I was. I, and then obviously I, w- I knew I was in a, an ambulance and I just said, everything's okay now. And the guys, I remember, they just looked at me. They said, you were just screaming a minute ago. I, I You know, and they were, they were just looking at me weird. And I said, Every, everything's okay. I don't know why I said that, uh-huh. but uh, I was brought to the hospital, brought in doctor was there you know and he examined me and he said maria i'm so sorry you're having a a miscarriage and and then him the nurse whatever you know i had a pass pass the fetus Uh and um i just remember crying being upset i didn't understand what happened i was so healthy the day before i was sent home from the hospital that night and um cried myself to sleep. The next morning I was having breakfast and I received a phone call and they said, Maria, you've got to get down to radiology immediately. I said, Why? What's wrong? They said, Well, we examined the, the uh fetal sac and there's no fetus, and we think the fetus is still inside you. Wow. So I went to radiology. I had a sonogram internal external. The doctor called another doctor in, called the nurses in. They're examining me because they thought maybe, you know, it could have caused a lot of damage, and they were baffled. They were just baffled because of the sonogram the day before, the miscarriage, the passing of the full fetal sac, and there was no fetus. So when I had this experience in 1992, I wondered, is that possible? But back then, there were no stories like this that oh, were. Right. You know, I hadn't heard any stories like this, so it it really caused a problem for me back then, because I insisted that. I saw this boy and he was mine. And to this day, I still believe I will find him. You know, now, now we can talk about this. Now I'm seeing women all over the world going through the same experience. So was I delusional at that time? Was I, you know, or is this a mass phenomenon that's happening? So that's where we're at, basically.
0: But you're right, because I don't remember up until the last couple of years of hearing stories like that. Right. You know, because I heard I heard my first version of a, of a similar story about a year ago. You know, and I couldn't believe it. and I thought, really, you know, and, and yeah, like you say, it's coming out more and more, maybe because people are more comfortable talking about it.
1: Yes. And that's why I'm starting to talk about just starting to talk about this again. I did speak about it way back then because I was determined to figure it out, you know, that what something happened. I and I I just wanted to figure it out. I read books back then. I you know, explored many scenarios but you know, what I had to do back then was channel that energy Uh into something because i went to psychiatrists i spoke to priests i went for hypnotherapy now under the hypnotherapy is when i had recall of some very frightening experiences and again today people are talking about that back then i didn't understand it i regretted going for the hypnotherapy then but i i recalled examinations, being on a table, being surrounded by beans something was happening. so that frightened me at that time but I I reached a point where you know it, it was either I listened to the psychiatrist and take some drugs to forget about everything to calm my brain or, I stopped talking about it, which is what I did, but it was still bothering me. And what I started to do back then, what helped me was prayer, meditation. And once I started doing that, so much changed for me. I started hearing music and I I basically started composing music for healing. And that helped me at the time. And I attributed all my music to Elijah. I said, Elijah, every single day of my life since that experience, Uh music by Elijah, Elijah Records, Elijah Studios for recording. So that's what helped me back then.
0: What did Elijah look like?
1: What I recall, again, it was was an experience that was bizarre, but... Uh The biggest memory I have, he looked like an eight-year-old boy. And for some reason his arms stood out, very long arms, because when he looked at me, he just waved very slowly. It's like the arm. That's what I remember. We locked eyes. So I can't really give you fine features of right, right, right. what he looked like. You know, I didn't know what was happening. It was a boy you know, and it was just an emotion that I had. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. I wish I could
1: remember more details.
0: When you talk about the stuff that you found out when you were under hypnosis, could you share some of that with us?
1: There were, um, you know, I re- I remember one day that I had a severe headache. This is what drove me to go for the hypnosis. It was a very severe, severe headache. And I went into my bedroom and I remember lying down on my bed and I heard all of a sudden the sound of a helicopter. And it sounded like it was right outside my window. And I remember Getting up to say, what, what the heck is going on? You know, and I remember looking out my window and I saw a bright white light. And then I don't remember anything. So it's like I fell asleep. I had that severe headache, but something said, Let me explore this because I remember getting up and seeing that light. So there was a hypnotherapist in the area and I had gone to him. And I have the tape, so I didn't know what to expect, but I, I recalled looking out the window and then on the tape, I'm saying, I'm going up, I'm going up, I'm going up. And then you hear me just like breathing heavy, like something happened, I'm breathing heavy on the tape. And then I said, I'm lying on a table. There's beings around me. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of, what are you doing? Uh-huh. What's, what, why? And I'm saying, why? And then I'm saying, but what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Why me? Why me? You know, so it's, it's things like that that aren't clear. It's not like, Okay, I have to do A, B, C, and D. You know, a part of it. One thing that came out was that I had to record music. Music was the one thing that I felt I was told I had to do. You
0: know, what were the examinations like?
1: I, I, it's definitely like the the ones that are described today by the women. Mm. were they very painful at all i like i said on the tape i'm saying what are you doing you hear my voice like being agitated i i'm not screaming in pain it's Mm -hmm. more like a violation of don't touch me it was like those kind of things or but but i can't like it was i had no choice i had to go through whatever it was i had to go through
0: Uh so
1: it it was yeah
0: can you hear their voices on there as well I mean, I mean, I'm sorry about that, because it's a tape. Were you able to recall their voices?
1: At uh, one, um, I went for more than one session then. Okay. And on one of the tapes, my voice was literally like, uh, relax, relax. Why are you doing this to me? Just relax, you know. Wow. So my voice was changing and, all, you know, was altered. Creepy it was like an exorcism almost in a way like being, you know, cause it felt like it's coming out of me. So is this, right. you know, you, you wonder, you know, is this an entity that entered or is this an entity from an experience that is that literally abducting and telling me things, you know?
0: Now when you've done is like, did you know when they took you? I mean, like, like in the next morning, did you have marks on your body or anything like that? You know, again, after
1: more and more started coming out, I would, I would look for that. But um, I did start to speak at some point. You know, there were UFO conferences, so I did begin to speak about it. More it, the marks, I don't really recall the marks. What I started to have was helicopters. It was like I, I was being there was a, a six helicopters circling my house. Like one day after I spoke at a UFO conference, and again, this is as time went on. You know, I I, I spoke a little bit, and then um, there was neighbors were asking me, "Why are those helicopters circling your house?" I felt like I was, you know, there 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 were a couple of phone calls. There were a couple of mornings back then, but I don't like to talk about that because Uh um, at this point, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, people are talking now. So Uh I felt like I, like there was an attempt to make me look crazy. Uh (laughs) And uh, so I just, that's what I said. So I channeled it into music. I've been quiet for 30 years and um, I'm on the, you know, right now I'm writing a book and I writ I wrote the book. Um, it just has to be edited. Uh-huh. And um, there's, I actually have a few um, people interested in cool. people in Hollywood are interested right now. And so the details of my experiences are in the book. It's okay. easier to write it than, right. than talk about it.
0: Absolutely. So before you you had this these abductions. Were you into writing music before then, or is this something that happened after the abductions?
1: I was a classical pianist. Okay. Classically trained. I did study music, but I had never composed. And and after the experience, I couldn't. I I, I you know I sat at the piano. Um, but I felt I, I can't. There were sounds. I was hearing sounds and vibration in my mind. I again, I was praying every day, and I was meditating, and these sounds were coming. So I finally got a keyboard because keep and synthesizers, and they were new back then uh-huh. in the nineties. The and I just bought the. I had to learn how to operate the synthesizer and what started happening was I was getting up usually around three in the morning going downstairs I had a, a little piano studio in my home and I the music was just coming to me you know and um, as I said then I just recorded I had cds cassettes back then back you know I actually started with cassettes and then cds and um, I actually have one right here. You know, I, I just, there's no more people just download music now, but I, I was actually listening to this one the other day. And, um, you know, everything was music by Elijah. You see that? So that's what I was doing at the time. And um, one of the experiences under hypnosis um, the voices that i was mimicking or you know hearing at the time said we will send people to you you know we will send people to you and then what happened was when i started trying to record music i didn't really know you know how to go into a studio and Uh create a cd or something but people would just you know i would meet somebody and Turned out they were a musician. I said, Do you, do you know how to, you know, do you know of any recording studios? And yeah, you know, and then people just started helping me. So little by little it grew into a a record label, Elijah Records.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Because you hear a lot of stories about people that get abducted like that and they come back and they have some some kind of talent, you know, so something that I don't know if it happens when they're on the ship, or like you say, they told you to go and make music, you know, so maybe that's what they're doing so that they gift you, they get, it's kind of like giving you a gift for them taking you, but you hear a lot about that.
1: Yes. Yeah. What do you
0: think, you know, as far as your music goes, like, like you write it for Elijah, what do you think? also inspires you because there's going to be that, that inspires you. You think maybe the, the, the being on board the craft inspire, inspired you or is it, are you taking stuff from nature or, or where's it coming from?
1: Oh, it's all nature. Everything that I do. Oh, it's completely nature. I mean, this is, this is all, this is, I was one of the first to record meditation music. I was written, I ended up That's being awesome. written up in, in new, new age magazine because I have ocean sounds and seagulls. You know, and then I put a melody with the sound of a foghorn in the background. So, yes, I mean, that's that's what I felt, that just we, we need to listen. We need to listen to nature. There's so much noise. Everybody's always talking, and there's so much on the TV. And it's, I think, you know, that's what helped me was just meditating. You know, I lost it. it at first it was so fearful mainly because it's a violation you know i like i said there was a violation of me physically there was a violation mentally Uh and i was scared because no one understood no i couldn't talk to anyone back then because people thought i was nuts Uh And, and um but that did force me like i said i ran I ran to the psychiatrist. I ran to the priest. <laughs> you know, I ran. I ran to um, psychotherapists, psychologists, friends, family, and then I said, "No one gets it," and that did force me to pray. And because it, you know, just, there was nowhere else to go. And then there was there just so much beauty came out of prayer. Uh-huh. And the meditation, just being quiet and listening, listening, you know. Yeah, there's voices in my head. So am I schizophrenic or am I in tune to angels and, you know, who are protecting? You right. Know?
0: Right. The other thing people don't realize, I think, you know, when you talk about meditating in nature, there's a lot of noise in nature. People don't realize that. Like, you know, if, if you're out in the woods and and you just, settle down to listen and you, you hear the wind blowing through the tops of the trees.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot more noise out there than people think there is.
1: Right. And it, it becomes very musical, mm-hmm. and, you know, and that is, you know, what I try to do is mimic the sounds of nature, but then, you know, put some melodies with sure. it. And, yeah. Absolutely.
0: I might have some of your stuff. We don't know. I have a bunch of that stuff on my phone, you
1: know. I I, I listen to that stuff. Well, I had stopped for a while because then life went on, and you know, I got into co-founded a a medical device business. So there, you know, there wasn't time for it for a large part of my life. But now I'm returning to it. That's why I'm starting Mm -hmm. to speak, and that's why I wrote, because um, you know. Um during COVID I just spent time looking at all my journal entries and things that I just kept in a box because like I said I didn't really talk about things too often so I wrote I wrote notes here and there you know journal books or pieces of paper notebooks and during COVID I went through the box and I took everything date by the dates and it was like taking puzzle pieces
0: Uh of
1: my notes, dreams, experiences, bizarre craziness, ghosts in in a house, you know, hauntings in my house that I had. I mean, those stories were insane. And then of course these abduction experiences. So I put it all together and that's what I wrote about. And when I sat back and read it myself, it's like, wow, there's there's something real here. This has uh-huh. been something happening since childhood. I had stories I wrote as a little girl about the funny creatures I was hanging out with, <laughs> you know. And then even as a teenager, I was writing stories or saying, you know, last night, I had a dream that didn't really feel a dream. So when I put it all together in this book, right? It's really telling a story. So
0: let's talk about the ghost. Now. So you open that door for me. Tell me Um, about the ghost.
1: That story. (sighs) The where do I even begin? I'll just say when I met my ex husband, the day i met him i went to he had a house has the house he still has the house uh-huh. he's he's a chiropractor it's a home office and when i went there for the first time i realized i had been there before wow. and it was this feeling and then i looked around and i realized you know what i went to that nursery school right across the street and it was in a it was in a church and the pastor used to live in that house. Uh-huh. And um, so that was like this first thing of entering this house now at age 21. I I walked in and I said, there was a feeling, an eerie feeling from day one, the minute I entered. Um, throughout, I started working my... You know, he and I just started working together. And one year later we were married. It was a whirlwind. So then I lived in the house. He owned the house when I met him. And then we married and I moved in. So when I moved in, doors would open. I'd see doorknobs turn, they would start to open. Um, One day I was in the kitchen and i heard you know the, the door in the den slam and i thought he had entered i heard footsteps and i'm talking to him you know david you know I'm making lunch he wants some lunch and he's not answering me you know uh, i another day i was talking on the phone and the light above me fell and just missed me and crashed on the floor Frying pans were turning. It got very intense, but what I didn't tell you was, the major thing that I should have told you first is, a lot of things happened prior to the wedding, Uh prior to marrying him. And we worked together, it was a home office, I had a desk and um, we worked and You know, we were going to get married, and that's when I was going to move in. the morning of the wedding, a car hit a tree stump and flew through the house. Wow. In the morning of the wedding, he was there. I was home with my parents sleeping at home. He was almost killed. His best man was buried. And the car went right through my desk. Wow so the morning of the wedding he and the best man were in the hospital and i didn't know if the wedding was on or off or what was happening uh-huh. and uh it was major we were in the news we've been on you know so many newspapers about it nobody would let me see the house <laughs> you know? it was my italian family like, you know, protecting me and um after we got married, I have so many stories. That, that would have to be another show for you.
0: <laughs> did you? I mean, did you ever find out who or what it was? Yes, I did. Was it someone that just didn't like you? Or what?
1: Yes, it was. See? There was someone who didn't like me. I mean, I would walk into the office, and when he had other receptionists there, I would walk in and start talking to receptionists and we had I don't know if you remember the old printers, you know, for billing, you know, right. they, the, they would print out the bills and everything. All of a sudden shh, paper starts flying out of the printer when I walked in and it was going insane and shooting paper out all over the floor. And it, it, it happened more than once. And the receptionist actually said, do you mind? like not coming in here. She literally said that. In fact, I met the woman. She still works. This woman still works at the office. And I, I saw her and she she brought it up. She goes, remember when you used to walk in and the papers would go nuts. But, but um, I did find out. I I actually started seeing these spirits. I, I saw them. And they just didn't like me. It's like they were trying to scare me out of uh-huh. the house. I'll just make a long story short. Like uh-huh. I said, maybe another time. This detail is in the book too. This is all in the book. But um, I found I just des- I described a woman uh-huh. and a man who was bald with hair on the sides of his head, and and um, another man. And that it was the woman who didn't like me. And it turns out from all my research, because I looked into it, uh-huh. I described exactly this woman who, who was married out of that house years ago. Okay. So she was still there and didn't want me there. And like I guess there's, there's more to the story. <laughs>
0: No, just just from what you said that's abundantly clear that someone didn't want you there.
1: Someone did not want me there. Yeah.
0: Wow. But you are still married though, right? You still you No, still no, we're not married no. but it was
1: a very friendly divorce. It wasn't like a nasty divorce. It's just you know right. our, our daughters are grown and and um we're still, you know, we talk. He's remarried. I I'm just this is my time to write and, get back into the music and, and do things Well,
0: I'm just saying with all all that going on, it's obvious that somebody doesn't want you to, you know, be there or marry him. You still marry the guy. Yeah. That took guts. Well, that's the thing.
1: I mean, you know, this is, this is what I try to say to people. You, we could, there is things that happen in life and, and either we, you know, it, Then you realize, okay, why? Why don't they want? You know, because there's maybe there's something good here, and because everybody said, why didn't you take the warnings and (laughs) just not get married? They do. They have asked me that, you know, but I wouldn't have my three daughters, who are my angels, and and um, it's just you know. After a while, I learned again because of my faith and because of the personal relationship i have with the higher powers above um you you it you learn to almost find humor okay. in these things that are so frightening you okay. know i i you reach a point where you just you know you hold on to faith and everything is a state of mind you know and we go through things in life and it really makes a difference on how we view it. Right. We have that ability, you know, to view things like is the glass half empty or half full? You know, right. that's, that's a choice. Who's right? Who's wrong? There is no right or wrong. It's, it's how you choose to look at it, it. See,
0: I agree with that. I think that's why a lot of ghost hunters have real offbeat sense of humor or morticians, right? Or even police officers because of the stuff they deal with. Mm. I mean, there's no other way to deal with it. Otherwise you lose your mind.
1: Exactly. Very good point. Yeah, I agree 100% with that.
0: So you have quite the history. You have a very
1: interesting life. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I took my puzzle pieces, I put it in a book, and now it's like, okay, that's going to be a little strange for me because it really, I really let it all out in the book, you know. Um, right. It's, It's uh I'm not ready, but it'll happen.
0: You know, with everything that you've gone through in your life, if you had a message for it for for everybody, what would that message be? I I think like I like I said,
1: um life is full of so much strangeness, fear. You know, there's a lot of negative things, especially now going on, but I, my message is just keep a strong mind and keep the faith, you know, and, and just feel that everything is a lesson. Try to grow from whatever experience it is. Try to say, okay, why am I going through this? And how could I turn this into something positive for myself? And that's what I try to do, you know.
0: makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. Getting back to Elijah now. Mm. Uh, sometimes you know i've heard stories about uh, similar abductions where they'll actually let let you hold the child or you know have Mm -hmm. contact with the child but you didn't get a chance to do that did you i wish i
1: did no it is something that um you know like i said i i I just I, i pray that somehow something will come to light you know it's starting i i have more hope now than ever because you know governments having to reveal things i personally feel he's here on earth i don't believe he's on another planet something something's happening obviously something's going on i mean there's so many shows now that are helping people realize that um there's more to reality than meets the eye you know and and truths will have to surface soon so it's my hope that um we we know what's really going on there's so many theories out there so many Uh so many theories for me it's hard to you know people try to explain what happened to me to me but I come from a medical background, you know, I deal with, you know, engineers who you you have to prove things. So, right. I, and I'm only talking, I mean, I, there, there's definitely UFOs flying around. There's enough proof of that. There's substantial evidence for that. I think there's enough substantial evidence, but as far as this hybridization and proving somebody is a hybrid or, mm-hmm. you know, I just think there needs to be a little more discovery.
0: Uh-huh. That was my next question. Does he look human enough? Like, like you think he's here on earth. Yes. Did he, he look human enough to pass as, uh, as one of us? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I believe so. Like I said, the only thing that seemed a little, miss, you know, not so typically human with very long arms. I just remember his arms were unusually long. I don't know why that stands out in my mind. But Mm -hmm. it does. Like I said, he was waving. So it just seemed like a very long arm for a young boy, you know.
0: wow, Incredible experience. Mm -hmm. When you look back on your life, and uh, obviously you have because you're you're writing these books, Mm -hmm. what sticks out to you the most?
1: What's sticking out now? Thank you for asking that because it's really just as of recently because as I'm editing and rewriting, trying to figure out what is this common thread here, Uh I see almost as if there's been some sort of experimentation that didn't just start with me I'm seeing it as the bloodline, so I'm looking into my maternal bloodline, and I feel that um, that's what I'm more focused on. Like that will help answer some questions if I go back in time with my research. You know, my grandmother, my great grandmother, right. and I'm and now it's it's kind of like a hmm. Very interesting, you know, of common threads, you uh-huh. know, genetics right now, epigenetics, because, you know, realizing that we don't just inherit eye color and, you know, height and weight.
0: Uh-huh. We, in-
1: we inherit emotions, emotional codes. Uh-huh. So that for me is just, you know, an a-, a strong area of interest right now. You know. The
0: people. other thing too, it'd be interesting to find out, and I don't know how you would do this, but I mean, usually when there's abductions like yours, this happens with other family members as well.
1: Yes. Yes. I know. I'm thinking about those things as well.
0: Have you asked your mother about it at all? or? or
1: we'll see. Is, it's, it's, It's funny that you brought that up because um, one of the main reasons why I did divorce my husband is because my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's one one month after my father died. So I I became her caregiver. I just gave up everything in my life and I wanted to care for her. And it was interesting. Some of the things that I experienced with my mom. Uh you know, at a point where she didn't even know who I was. And right. um, very interesting stories. I mean, she she was in a nursing home and had a heart attack, massive heart attack. And we rushed her to the hospital. And then the doctor said she had so much damage and she can't understand, you know, what we're telling her to do. She, there was no communication. So it was basically, um, she was just, you know, we were told she had about three days to live. And we started calling all the relatives. They were booking flights to come in. We thought we were going to have to plan, a, a, you know, a funeral.
0: Sure. and
1: three days passed and they said at the hospital we can't keep her here because we're not doing anything for her so you have to you have to take her out of the hospital so we put her back at the assisted living and i got a blow up bed and i said i'm not leaving her side for for a minute you know so i slept on the floor she was in her bed and (laughs) one night i i heard her you know, all of a sudden I heard her voice and I I jumped up, you know, and I see my mother smiling in her bed. And then I hear her say, John, which was my father's name, you know, where have you been? She starts talking. She had this whole conversation. She said, I've I love your suit. You look so handsome. My father always wore suits, you know, so I'm just listening and listening. And then all of a sudden my mother says, I don't want to go. I'm not going. I don't care if my brothers are there. I'm not going with you. And she was fighting with my (laughs) deceased father and I'm witnessing all of this. And she's just having this fight And then she just like fell back on her bed. And I thought that was it. Like that was the end. She lived three more years. Wow. With a heart that was half functioning, never had medication, no more exams. Three more years she lived. Wow. And during that time, there were more episodes like that where I felt she was drifting, but communicating. Right. There was a communication, it wasn't a memory of something. Right. Like I would know, oh, my aunt is here today, you know, (laughs) there's there's this one, there's that one. So I I witnessed all of that, you know. And so what does that mean? Right.
0: Right.
1: So I strongly feel to this day that we can communicate with the spirit world. Uh I, I think there's enough proof of that. And there is, like I said, I wrote a lot in the book that kind of makes you say, you know, how could you not believe that we're able to communicate? Uh-huh. So um, I think there's a big connection between being able to communicate with spirits uh-huh. and this whole alien agenda. I, I just think it's all related. Uh-huh. You know.
0: Now, when you were under hypnosis, were you able to describe what the aliens looked like? I
1: I don't think under the hypnosis I said anything about it. But coming out of the hypnosis, I do believe it was the typical grays. Okay. You
0: okay.
1: know, that's what's in my my mind, like after after the experience. So for that those those experiences that were more subconscious, Mm -hmm. I feel are more negative because they work on your subconscious. The conscious experience I had where I was shown Elijah, Mm -hmm. for me, was more of a positive. So if, if we go back in time for me, that's the difference between angels and demons. You know, it's it, these are all words that we choose. You know, now we have so many different words for what these non-human beings are. But, um, you know, we all know that there's positive and negative in everything. So I feel like I experienced both. And um, again, you know, whether it's positive or negative, it helps one grow or at least for me mm-hmm. it did you know mm-hmm. so i never felt like a victim of anything you know i was okay. frightened definitely frightened but it was my choice to turn it into something positive i could have chosen to remain a victim my whole life sure. and turned into a depressed woman like i said pop some pills you know yeah these are choices it's hard
0: absolutely when you were talking about your mother i was smiling because i spent six years with my mother Mm. the same way oh wow and i I remember times when i would hear her holler from her bedroom i'm not ready yet
1: oh you're kidding Mm -mm. so you had the same thing wow so you know exactly what i'm talking
0: about so it's interesting all the relatives that she saw come to the house you know and being a ghost hunter was funny because when I would go talk to the doctors and take her into the ER and stuff, they'd say, well, she's hallucinating. And I thought, it depends what you mean, because I'm a ghost hunter. And to me, older people tend to, the closer they get, you know, they tend to see their, their loved ones. Mm. So That's... I was walking the fine line with it. So I said, I don't know if I should say it or not. You know, what are you going to do? I tell you. Because, I mean, yeah, we, we had the relatives just popping right through the house all the time. Right. But, Um, she couldn't remember who I was but I mean I just stayed in her world and that's how I worked it out you know yeah
1: that's exactly into their world
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and you know what it's an experience you'll never forget because you got you got to spend that time with them right even if the you know even if it wasn't your mother you know your mother remembering you you got to make new memories with her yes and you got to build that up with her and spend that time
1: yes yeah Beautiful. I love that you had the same type of experience. That's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. That's why I was smiling because I thought, oh yeah, I know, I know. Mm. If somebody comes to you and uh, says that they think they've been abducted, Mm -hmm. what do you tell them?
1: I just, I encourage everybody to share stories. I think that's that's Mm -hmm. the main reason why I'm speaking. I just have a story. This is my story. I'm nobody special, you know, and I just think, it's so helpful to. I would listen if somebody came up. I'm there to listen. I have no answers. I'm not as I've done, you know, there's so many people who have done so much research. Like I said earlier, I, I can't spend my whole life really reading up on everything, but sure. I'll listen to anybody's story, you know, because I always wished I had somebody who would just listen, just listen to me without thinking something was wrong with me, you know?
0: (laughs) And plus, I think being able to talk to somebody about that helps. It's it's medicinal for you and the other person because they're able to get it all off their chest instead of holding it in.
1: Yes. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. I think more people, I think think so many people have had experiences and are just so afraid to talk about it. And... Uh like you said it's it's medicinal to to be able to just share it and
0: mm-hmm. not be afraid yeah i don't see how the government and you know scientists i mean i mean i don't see how they can keep denying this stuff because there's just there's just too much of this happening there's too many reports of it
1: well that's why i'm glad that enough people have kind of forced the government to disclose mm-hmm. information so i mean they're they're still keeping so much hidden. It's so obvious that they are, but we've mm-hmm. come a long way. Like I said, from from 1992 when I had my experience, we've come a long way. And, oh,
0: absolutely. It's definitely more open than it was. You know, yeah. I remember when I first started ghost hunting uh, 20, 20, 25 years ago, how we were walking on eggs just to like go in and talk to people. You know how much that's come around too with all the TV shows and everything. Because mm-hmm. I remember going down to a city hall to get to let them know that we were going to be in town filming. You know, to do a ghost hunt at the at, the, at, the, at this place called the Wilton Opera House. And I remember going in there and thinking, oh, they're going to think I'm nuts. They're going to think I'm crazy. So I had to go in real delicately and and say, look, this is what we're going to be doing. You know, and all this and all this. So I, it has changed a lot. And all this changed a lot.
1: What do you do when you go ghost hunting? <laughs> I'd like yes. you to do the, the house to see if you if these spirits, you know what you absolutely
0: yeah absolutely. We will go in. We'll do a preliminary like like I'm talking to you right now. Interview you. Have someone walk around and uh, take photos. You know, and then we're we looking at windows. We're looking at like how sound will bounce off the walls of the house. Can you hear stuff from outside? You know, because we're mm. looking at practical stuff too. Once all that's done, then we'll go in and do the investigation. I have a remote psychic. I, I send her a, a photo of the front of the house. I don't tell her where it's at. And I let her do a read on it. And then we have a different psychic that comes out with us on the investigation night. Mm-hmm. And they're usually 95 to 96% correct. Yeah. Wow. together when wow. we go out. And then of course we <laughs> have all
1: the And then do you communicate or what if this is haunting the yeah, well,
0: house how do you get yeah. them to the psychic usually will start the communication part of it you know or if we don't have a psychic with us we'll we'll do it just like the guys on tv you know evp equipment we've got all kinds of equipment to look for them and to get their attention we, we might use trigger items in your case you know it, you know it just it just depends what's going on in the house and how we approach it
1: so have you heard have have there been any episodes like mine, where a car literally went through the house because there were other accidents too at the house. Usually, right. when I was
0: there, you know, not so. quite, but I've heard episode, you know, incidents where um, someone's in the kitchen mm-hmm. and all the pots and pans get thrown at them. Mm. Wow. You know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, car, the car is the first time I've heard that. Wow, you know, but we do a thorough investigation, we're, we're there four or five hours. And then we'll go. we'll go back over everything, and then we come back and sit down with you and go, "Look, this, this is who you think it is. We might even involve you in the investigation if you're there. you know if, if we start having real good communication, we might bring you in. And you talk with the ghost as well, you know to see if you can come to a happy medium.
1: Well, that uh, that's what I always tried to do. Like, okay, you know, like I said, my story is in the book, but i I just got to the point where you you know they started scaring me. But then right. when you drop the fear, it's, it's, you, you find humor in it.
0: You know? Right, right. Like, but. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So where do you live? No, you don't have to tell me where you live. I'm just kidding. That's making a joke. <laughs> we'll be right over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next for you? What's
1: next for me? I... Yeah. Um, as I started to say, you know, before I even published the book, I, I was I'm I'm right now in discussions with the Hollywood producer. And there's strong interest in producing the movie. I'm also talking to an HBO producer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um so it's discussions. So we'll see what's next. I'm not I'm not sure, you know. Okay. But, I, I don't want my story to be um, twisted in any way, you
0: know. Absolutely.
1: So I think that's why my focus is to get the book done first. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my my true story. You know? mm-hmm. And then, like I said, it's, it's almost done, but I just keep... Um, it was hard to write it the first time, and so now I'm going back and just cleaning it up okay and so that's the plan book being published mm-hmm. and consideration of of the either movie or series you know absolutely,
0: absolutely. it's a story to tell
1: and this and again it's just to help people i just want right. to help others that's why right. i don't want it. it's got to be my true story
0: mm-hmm first you know
1: and that has to be known first because i i don't think people should fear being abducted by aliens which is what happens when hollywood gets a hold of something yeah absolutely. absolutely or fear of ghosts in the house you know just call the ghost ghost hunter you know we'll just uh let people know well oh, look at the trends
0: even with the ghost hunting i mean Back 25 years ago, when you watched these shows, it was Uncle Bob. You know, it was some relative that was in the house, and because they because they want that scare factor, now it's old demons. Right. It's only something dark in the house, and mm-hmm. it's hard. You know, it's hard with clients to go, no, it's not dark. Just calm down. You know, we got to see what it is, because yeah. that's what they've done. Just like you're saying with your own story, you don't want it twisted into something that it's not. It's right. Just because they 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 want the big numbers, it's not fair to you.
1: Exactly.
0: So I'm glad you. I'm glad you're going about it the way you are. What's your website? It's just my name, MariaCuccia.com. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And you, you do have one.
1: Of, you do have a book out, correct? Just I contributed my Elijah story. It's just a okay. chapter of a book. That's the okay. turning points. That's on my website. But okay. uh, my full book will be called When the Teapot Cries. Cool. Keep All happy. right.
0: Well, we'll, yeah. we'll be sure to get you back on after you get your book out. Ah, Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Love really... to have you back on. This was fun. Yeah, it was nice speaking with this you. This was fun.
1: Appreciate it. All
0: thank right. You. Well, you have a great rest of your evening.
1: Okay. You too.
0: Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: See how I do this. See? It's hard to see. Well, there we go. Is it that way? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay. We'll do it that way. I kicked her from the studio. I didn't mean to do that. I've never done this on uh, my iPhone before. This is the first time. Uh, The reason why I did the iPhone tonight for the guys that came in late is because my internet was acting up when I was first starting to work on getting stuff set up for the show, like the intro for the show and stuff. And then when I I, I went to reset my router earlier, it told me that the internet was completely down in my area. It would be down until 10 p.m. tonight. So um, the whole night's been weird. So. I wanted to go back in and showed it on, but I thought, well, I'm just going to do it on my iPhone, because who knows, we don't want to be dropping off you know, when Mario disappears, like, like we do. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I want to thank her for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. And tomorrow night, we're going to be talking UFOs again. It's going to be kind of cool. It sounds like a TV show. UFOs and drive-ins. Yeah, UFOs and drive-ins. Our good friend Preston uh, Preston going to be with us tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific to talk about UFOs and drive-ins. I heard his story the other night, I thought it was great, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy that show. So anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming. Again, if you're watching from Facebook and you haven't done so already and you like what you hear, please be sure to hit that follow button, hit those thumbs up, hit those hearts, those smiley faces. Same thing with YouTube. If you haven't uh, subscribed, please please do so because we're always looking to build up our subscriber numbers and uh leave us a comment or two let us know how you feel i see katie was in the room tonight jerry was in the room tonight marisa was in the room tonight pamela was with us live tonight love it love to see people in the chat room and i can actually you know what's funny is on my iphone i can actually read the chat where i can on my laptop go figure but anyway i want to thank everybody and uh if you'd like the show share it with five people if you hated the show share it with five of your enemies equal opportunity here at california House radio And again, um, please be sure to like and subscribe if if you liked it. Let people know about us. Uh, Please do share it with with your family and everybody else you know, because we're just trying to get the word out. We're we're like the little show that could, so we're just trying to get the word out. And uh, again, thank you. And I will see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great evening. Let's see if I can do this right now.